0: If it wasn't for Plato, we probably wouldn't know who Socrates is. He would be lost to history. And that's because Socrates had this really complex relationship with writing and reading. He didn't write his own teachings down. Plato did that as his student. And the reason why is not because Socrates devalued reading and writing, but because he was wary of it. He was worried that it would affect your ability to remember things and to retain the truly important So, we're going to use this idea today to help you learn how to read and write like a philosopher. Let's get into it. Welcome to this week's episode of the Read Well Podcast. My name is Eddie Hood, and I'm your host, where I believe it's more important to read well than to be well read. So, grab your favorite book, open up your notes, and let's get ready to learn something fascinating. Welcome back everybody, episode 15 already here. I'm so, so, so grateful that you have been with me on this journey started out very small, and this thing is really starting to take off because the community is coming together. We have hundreds of people now following on Facebook and on YouTube, and you're here listening or watching. I'm grateful for that, and I just I cannot tell you what that means uh, to be able to speak with other people about these incredible books and the process of becoming a better reader. So today in the episode, we're going to be talking about how to read like a philosopher. Now, I stole this title from another YouTube video, and I want to tell you about a channel that has really affected me. If you're listening to my podcast or watching my YouTube channel, you've probably heard of this guy before. His name is Jared Henderson. I'll put a link down below in the show notes. But Jared was a philosophy student and just does a really fantastic job of helping you sort of connect with classical works and philosophical works. He's really just a great teacher and I highly recommend you check out his channel. But He has a video on there called How to Journal Like a Philosopher. And I I love that video because he has applied the process of thinking at a more cognitive level to the uh, the art of journaling than most people do and so it's a good video to watch i'll also link to that as well we're going to be doing the same thing today but from a reading perspective and i want to point out that reading can be done at many different levels. And you as a reader are approaching your books, sometimes for entertainment, sometimes for deeper thinking, sometimes for instruction and so on. But we're going to jump in today to the process of how reading makes you better. And here's what the layout of this episode is going to look like. I've got my little note card here. We're going to be talking about Plato and Socrates for a moment. And we're going to be talking about this myth between the god Thoth and an Egyptian king called Thamus. Now, I'm going to get these names wrong, everybody. The pronunciation is not my thing when it comes to these old names, but it's an important myth because it talks about sort of the idea of the origin of reading and writing. And Socrates used it as a, uh, as a description for why he didn't want to read, or, or not read, but he, why he didn't want to write things down. We need to understand that first before we get into the second part of the episode. After that, we're going to be talking about metacognition. Metacognition is the art of thinking. It is really thinking about your thinking. Then we're going to be talking about a very specific book, one of my favorite books. In fact, it is my favorite novel. We're going to be jumping into Crime and Punishment. And I'm going to be walking you through the experiences of Raskolnikov, who is my favorite fictional character of all time. Now, also somewhere in there, I'm going to be talking to you about my note-taking system and how I take notes, especially when I'm going through philosophical works to really get the most out of them. Uh, In the middle of this episode, I've got a book club that I have launched that I'd like to invite you to. I'll walk you through how to get into that book club and also what you're going to experience as a member. And then finally, I've got a book that I want to talk about at the very end of this uh, as a little secret for those who stick around to the end. All right. Back to Plato and Socrates. So this myth that Socrates uses, it is the myth of the god Thoth. Uh, Thoth is an Egyptian god. In fact, if you're watching YouTube, I've got a picture of this guy right here. I love these pictures of old Egyptian gods. This is him right here. He's got like that, that bird head on, and he's writing stuff down. The myth says that Thoth is the one that gave mankind writing the ability to record your ideas. And Socrates likes to um, to point this out because Thoth comes down from heaven or wherever and begins to speak with the Egyptian king, uh, Thamus, And he gives Thamus the gift of writing. And he's really excited about it, right? Thoth is like, this is the greatest gift ever. You're going to love it. You're going to be able to use it to record your thoughts and make the world a better place. And King Thamus isn't having it. He's not excited about it because he is worried, just like Socrates, that people will stop learning how to think, that they won't be able to think for themselves, and that it will be a challenging thing to really progress true and actual knowledge. So let's dig into this for just a minute here. Plato has a book that he wrote called Phaedrus, and in Phaedrus, it is really a a conversation between him and a person named Phaedrus, and this is where he's sharing that myth. And in that book, Socrates shares this phrase. I'm going to put it up on screen here so that you can see it. And I'm going to read it. It says, for this invention, he's talking about the invention of writing. It will produce forgetfulness in the minds of those who learn to use it. So Socrates is really worried that if we start writing everything down, people are going to forget. He goes on to say, because they will not practice their memory. Their trust in writing produced by external characters, which are not part of themselves, will discourage the use of their own memory within them. You have invented an elixir, not of memory, but of reminding, and you offer your pupils the appearance of wisdom, not true wisdom, for they will read many things without instruction and will therefore seem to know many things when they are for the most part ignorant and hard to get along with, since they are not wise, but only appear to be wise. Okay, so this is Socrates' take on reading and writing. Uh, And in the story, it's King uh, Thamus' take as well. What he's saying is I'm not against writing or reading. I'm against the fact that you will use it to forget. And he's really trying to encourage you to say that if you're going to be reading anything, it's not enough to read it at a surface level. It's not enough to glaze over it. Uh, You really need to sort of spend time with it and ask deeper, more challenging questions of yourself and of the text, right? This is something that Nietzsche talked about a lot. Uh, Frederick Nietzsche, the philosopher, used a term called exegesis. Exegesis is this, this idea of sort of chewing on what you read and, and taking it apart and taking notes and really thinking deeply about it. Not just reading it one time through and going, okay, hey, cool, I've read, I've read Nietzsche or I've read Plato or whatever you might be reading, Crime and Punishment by Dostoevsky. As you read something, it's critical that you begin to ask questions with yourself. Now, that's going to take us into really the first idea of reading with some intelligence, and that's where we start with something called metacognition. This is a really interesting concept, everyone, so pay attention here. Metacognition is the art of thinking about your thinking. So throughout the day, you are busy kind of on autopilot, right? You are uh, maybe running errands. Sometimes you're at autopilot in your job, depending on what you do. You might be an autopilot right now listening to me. I don't know. So we're going to do a little uh, an experiment right now. Instead of playing me in the background while you're doing the dishes or, or driving your car or whatever, I want you for just five seconds to think about your thinking. Think about the process of getting smarter. Think about the process of actually applying what you're learning in this video. You know, we've talked about Plato and Socrates already. How can you use that in your life? What do you think about the process of reading and writing? Do you agree with Socrates' argument that reading and writing can actually make you forgetful because you will no longer be practicing your memory? Or do you disagree with him? Where do you stand on the topic? This is what it means to read like a philosopher. You get to argue and agree with or disagree with the author You get to formulate your own opinions. And more importantly, you get to write them in your own concise language and share them with the world uh, or or whatever you do to sort of get your ideas out there. So with this concept of metacognition, when you read a book, especially uh, books of philosophy or challenging texts of any kind, you realize this is kind of a lot. There's There's a lot happening here. I can't just read this quickly. You can't read Nietzsche or Plato the way that you would um, Ray Bradbury, for example. October's coming up, and I've been thinking about Something Wicked This Way Comes by Ray Bradbury. It's just a fantastic novel. A lot of people on the Facebook channel have actually been talking about um, their love for Stephen King. I love Stephen King. I think he's fantastic. I read his books every every October. So, But I, I can read Stephen King at a different level than Plato, obviously. I don't usually think about my thinking. When I'm reading King, but I definitely think about my thinking when I'm reading Plato, it forces me to think that way. So it puts me in a position of metacognition. Now, here's what happens when you get out of that, um, that body, that self, and you sort of like hover over yourself and look at your thinking your brain begins to expand and make new and interesting connections. This is what it means to read like a philosopher. It usually takes place when you have a notepad and a pencil next to you or some kind of note-taking device. That's why it's so critical that you have your own note-taking system. And I'm gonna share with you my My concept of a note-taking system, I think it's really important that you have a way to capture what you read and ask greater questions of it. So I have a tool that I'm building called Highlightish. Highlightish is a place where you can go to not only capture everything that you're reading, as you can see here, but also your writing. And there's, I've got videos and all sorts of stuff on this. This isn't a video about Highlightish, but uh, what I wanna tell you is I've just launched a book club for members of Highlightish. And when you log in, uh, well, actually, let me back out here. If you go to just highlightish.com, uh, which looks like this right here, highlightish.com, here's the homepage, okay? If you click on book club up here, you'll see uh, a video about the book club itself, and you'll scroll down. And uh, it's a weekly online live experience where we get together and chat about critical texts like Crime and Punishment. We're not reading that this season. Uh, We are reading a Dostoevsky novel, by the way. But if you go to this page and you scroll down, you'll see all of the, uh, the, the reading list for season one, which is right here. So if you want to join this this book club, you can just click Claim Your Spot. That'll take you into Highlightish where you can create an account. And then it's just $4.99 a month. It's less than five bucks. That cost really supports the cost of running the book club and the software and the tools and all of the craziness that goes with that. I'm telling you about the book club though for two reasons. One, the moment this video goes live, it's going to be September 12th, which is a, a Tuesday. The book club begins that very night, 8.30 Eastern on Tuesday night. September 12th, will be the very first meeting of this book club. And the second reason why I'm telling you about this is because within the book club, I I will be sharing with the members on a weekly basis my note-taking strategy for getting the most out of these critical texts. So if you want to learn how to read like a philosopher, you need a a note-taking system. It's not enough to just read the book. You have to really have a system for capturing, uh, analyzing, annotating, and then converting these ideas into new and useful ideas for yourself. That's the next thing, right? When we read philosophy, a lot of times we'll read it and we'll think, oh, that's interesting. And then we'll go back to life as is. The philosophers didn't want you to do that. They didn't want you to read something and go, hmm, fascinating. I'm going to go back to doing the the same things I've always done. They wanted you to read their work and then ask questions and then do something with those questions. They wanted you to analyze your beliefs, your values. Your position within your family, your relationship to your own death, your thoughts on friendship, whatever it might be. And then to go out and improve your friendships, to go out and kind of get grips with your own mortality in in whatever way you need to, right? That's philosophy. And you can do that without reading Plato. You can do that reading any of the other books as well. Okay. Got my note card here. We're going to move on to now crime and punishment. Now, this is my favorite text. Why? Well, on a fiction level, I should say that it's my favorite fictional book, Crime and Punishment is written by Dostoevsky. And Dostoevsky is this, this writer who is able to encapsulate not just a story that's entertaining, right? But within his work, there are some really deep psychological problems that they're, that the characters deal with on a daily basis. He has done a really good job of finding those things that eat you alive as a human being, Uh, guilt, pleasure, joy, fear, anxiety, death, and embedding those into the psyche of his characters and then putting them at odds with their environment so that you as the reader are wondering, holy smokes, what would I do if I was this person? Now, the main character of this book is a character named Raskolnikov. And Raskolnikov is faced with a couple major problems. The first being that he going to do something very, very evil, very, very wicked, but he's doing it with all sorts of justification in his mind, justifications about how doing this act will benefit other people in need. He also has justifications in his mind that committing this act will sort of make him a grander, more interesting, more... Um, powerful personality. He, he he likens himself to Napoleon and wanting to be able to charge forward in life without any regrets or any um, sort of fear or anxiety for having done wrong, but to be able to go out and do versus just watch on the sidelines. Raskolnikov ul- ultimately wants to be a doer instead of a watcher. And I think a lot of us can relate to that, right? We want to live our lives knowing we have done and we have lived and we have enjoyed and loved and all of those things. But also, how often in your life have you done something or considered doing something knowing that it probably wasn't the best choice, but you had what you would consider righteous um justifications for doing so. And it starts, I mean, we can all relate to this, right? When we're kids, we tell what we call white lies. We do that now as adults. Uh, Sometimes those lies aren't so white, right? Sometimes they're very dark, dark lies, but we feel like we're protecting people. And now you're stuck in this trap of philosophical debate. Is it right to tell the lie and, and keep from hurting people? Or is it better to be honest and hurt the person, but they know the truth. These are the kinds of debates and questions that happen within these books. And so I would encourage you to pick up a copy of Dostoevsky's, uh, well, any of his work, to be honest, because they are all very good. But Crime and Punishment is uh, very worth your time. You're going to be uh, very pleased that you read it. Now, Uh, Let me let me show you really quickly. I want to take just a second and thank one of the the people on the Facebook page before we get to the last book that I want to recommend for your reading. So I've been getting a lot of people commenting and sharing and my my favorite one so far this week. I just want to thank Alex. Alex uh, McLean wrote this on his Facebook page. He said, who wants to do a book club with me? I signed up yesterday and I'm really looking forward to it. Be intentional with cultivating good reading and note-taking habits and build your essay writing skills. Less than $5 a month, plus the purchase of books, and gives you access to a great online note-taking tool. We'll meet online every Tuesday evening. Check out the details at highlightish.com or check out the Readwell podcast for details on the reading. Alex, you are incredible. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, It means a lot to me that other people are talking about this community, this podcast, and the book club that's going on. So thank you for that. All right, let's jump into the last section of the podcast today, and that is I want to tell you about the book called The Intellectual Life, again, for two reasons. One, I think this is a really great book to start with if you want to learn to read like a philosopher, but two, this is the first book we're reading in the book club starting on Tuesday, which again is the night that this podcast goes live. So if you want to get in on this book, uh, go pick up your copy and jump into the club. Now, the intellectual life is a book written. I never get his name right, but it's A.G. Sertelange, right? This is a this is was written in the early twentieth century, I believe. And it on the on the front of here it says the intellectual life, its spirits, conditions, and methods. But it's not what you think it's going to be. This is a book that really teaches you how to think. Uh, it's a book that teaches you how to create a space in your life for thinking. It teaches you how to read, how to process information, how to have, um, clear conversation and it will change your life. This is the book that almost everybody who reads it says, man, I wish I had read this when I was much younger. Uh, and, and I guarantee when you read this, this will become a book you'll read probably once a year. This is not a one-time read. Like we discussed with Plato and Socrates, this is not a book that you just kind of glaze over and read and not internalize. Socrates would argue that if you're going to read a book like, like this, The Intelligent Life or like Crime and Punishment, you need to internalize the real structure, the real meaning, and ask yourself some critical questions on how to apply what you're learning, okay? Because the enemy of this book club and this podcast is to simply read a book, highlight some stuff in the book, and then put it back up on your bookshelf and forget about it, and go to the next book and do that again and again, just to say that you've read all these books. That is the enemy of this community. What we are about is taking a few books and reading them really, really well. I hope you have all found something of value in this week's podcast. It means a lot to me that you're here. Now, uh, if you found this video helpful in any way, shape, or form, it would really mean a lot if you would give the video a uh, a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel if you are interested in learning how to live a more intellectual life and how to read like a philosopher. And if you're looking for great book recommendations uh, that will sort of expand your narrative and your viewpoint. Also, if you can, uh, head on over to highlightish.com. Like I said, it's an app that I'm building to help us make better note-taking tools. And you can use it for that, or you can also use it to join the book club. Thank you again for watching, and I will see you all next week. If you'd like to take your reading to the next level, then head on over to our website at thereadwellpodcast.com. There you can get access to my weekly newsletter, as well as up-to-date show information. Also, don't forget that I learned software development on the side just so that I could build a program to help us make better book notes as we read. If you're interested, go to highlightish.com. Think of highlighting a book, but add ish, I-S-H, at the end. Highlightish.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you on the next show.